0: It's not often we get an English language examiner and exam board representative into the studio. This podcast is packed full of great advice about the upcoming English language exams.
1: Welcome to the Parent Guide to GCSE podcast. We're here with Catherine Oldham. She's a regional rep for EDUCAS, one of the exam boards that your child might be studying and um, she's a a GCSE English language examiner as well, does lots of work with teachers on helping them to deliver it. So who better to ask, we thought, uh, as to how do I help my child through English language GCSE than her. So welcome, thank you very much for being here.
0: Thank you for joining us.
1: Um, so,
0: Can I ask the first question? You can
1: ask the first question.
0: EDUCAS and WEJEC,
1: what's Ah.
0: the difference?
1: Well, I had this conversation before we started. It's officially WJEC. I've been saying WJEC as a teacher for like 15 years. So I discovered this evening,
2: I've been doing it wrong this whole time. Um, Oh, we have many pronunciations. uh, The WJ, WJEC, WJEC, the W. Uh, I've heard all sorts of things. We are officially WJEC which is the Welsh Joint Education Committee that's a kind of legacy uh, throwback to when uh, qualifications were joint O-levels and CSEs I guess way 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 back but EDUCAS is the English part of the WJEC so WJEC is the the company, we're based in Cardiff, but actually when um, the government last reformed qualifications, the Welsh government and the English government split slightly on what they wanted in terms of GCSE and A levels. So in Wales, they still have GCSEs that are graded A star to G, and their A levels are still split into A, S and A2. Whereas in England, the government obviously wanted nine one GCSEs grading, and they wanted the a level to be a, a, a linear two year course so what we had to do is produce a completely separate brand name for england which we used educas uh, which is to denote that those exams are regulated for ofqual for use in england for the general qualifications that the that is the uh, GCSEs and the a levels that we provide simply for england there are still wj qualification wjc qualifications students in Wales and they're slightly different in most cases.
0: Excellent so what basically what you're saying is you've got a better education system in Wales than we have in England however (laughs) it is what it is I I love the ASA2 setup I think it worked but you know.
1: Um, But yes that's that's good because we do we get quite a few questions about that because they'll get a printout from school and it'll say WJEC and then they'll only be able to find educas online and it'll all get very confusing i thoroughly enjoy the fact that every year when i input all the dates for the exam thing we make a little personalized exam timetable generator for our members and uh, and i have to put in all the exams for educas and all the exams for wjc
2: i wish they could just
1: agree but hey (laughs) right well there you go i I mean i've learned something already this podcast so that's it's the way forward Um, So let's get into English language then. I guess we'll start with the really big one and then we, we can delve into some nitty gritty as we go along. But the really big one that we get asked is how on earth do I revise for English language GCSE?
2: And it is a big one. And on the positive side, I can say, actually, well, you don't really need to revise if you have the kind of student who's always paid attention and has always been conscious users of English language, then there's nothing really to revise because it's something you're doing all of the time, every day, throughout life, and that's on the positive side of things. Um, it's all about skills, there's no content whatsoever. Um, well, there's there's Yes, there's no content to learn as such, because everything you're going to be presented with on the day of the exam is completely new material to you. You will never have seen it before. Um, And so the most important thing that, that you need to be doing is be receptive on the day to the fact that you're going to see something you've never seen before and have the skills to... Work through that material to show that you fully understand the how, the what and the why of that, that material that you're dealing with on the day. So I see it as a positive, actually, that you can't really revise. And if you haven't really been doing what you're supposed to have been doing for the last, well, not only the last two years of GCSE, but actually <laughs> throughout life, if you haven't been reading and um, conscious writers, then um, then you are going to be struggling because there's, very, there's nothing you can cram at the end, it's it's way too late to revise. Um, so I see it as a positive. Some some may not see it as quite so positive. Uh, what, what is positive is that, that because of all of the exam boards, the papers are split into reading and writing sections, and everything that you do in the reading feeds into the writing. The phrase I always use is read as a writer and write as a reader. So every time you're reading something, you should be thinking about how you could use that in your writing. Every time you're writing something, you're thinking, how can I craft this? so that a reader can take from it what I want them to, to do. So those, the two sections of both of the, but all the exam boards have two exam papers. One is fiction, one is nonfiction. And the reader, and both are split into reading sections and writing sections, and they're inextricably linked. So again, that uh, plays to the skills-based approach that students have, and and to this, <laughs> what I'm seeing as very positive uh, in that there's no necessity to, to actually Put that last minute revision in. Um, and everything you do in life feeds in. You know, it, it's English language for native speakers, in the most part. Um, so everything you're doing every day, everything you listen to, everything that's hitting you from all angles of social media is feeding in to, to what you're doing. Um, there are little things that you can do to revise, uh, which possibly we'll come back to from later questions. But for example, I have a massive issue with particular spellings. Uh, something that always stops me is, always gives me pause for thought is, for me, guardian and guard, the A and the U. Um, mm-hmm. And your, stu- your, your your children, all students will have something. You know, the attendance, attendance, the ends and the ants, mm-hmm. and the separate, separate, or nece- yeah. necessary, I'll come back to, you know, single and double letters in a word. The, there are things that they'll always... Um, each student will have their own little thing, and coming up with little tricks and techniques for remembering yeah. those things that are going to throw you. I think again, it's not necessarily re- it's not revision as such, but it's just little it's tricks. Useful bits. Yeah, I
1: mean, we we do things like um, it's always useful to stay separate from a rat because then I remember that it's the two As. We've done a um, a Spag Tips booklet with lots of those little tips and tricks it's with the common words yeah. which yeah. is available as a, a free download for parents so if you if you go to parent go to gcse.com and go into mm, services I think and if you go down to freebies I think I've called it at the bottom I've not looked for a while I've forgotten but um it's it's lurking it in there it's If not I'll yeah. make sure it is in there after we've recorded this um but but yeah absolutely it's uh it's the thing that you you see over and over from students and, and adults, we all have as you said, those little hang ups. Like I can't write it without going Wednesday in my head. That's just how I do it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I, I've I've cool. now got um so with it with Guard, Guard, Guardian, the the Under Armour brand has helped me no end. Excellent. I like You're right. and and that's one yeah. that appeals to me but I used to get my students I, I was an English teacher for, for many years and uh, they all know necessary don't they it's necessary for a shirt to have one collar and what is it uh, nece- one collar and two Stop. no sorry one two collar sleeves. and two sleeves yeah. that's, that's it or coffee uh, to have uh, I can't remember that one uh, so I used to get my students to come up with their own for, for particular single and double letter problem ones that they have so uh, beginning is it is a big one in the beginning one of my students came up with in the beginning there was one god and two nuns which another student then took forward to say one god and two ninjas which which was quite It's Um, not a version I've heard, but I like it. If it works for you. Uh, (laughs) We do actually, just more serious perhaps, Educast, we have uh, knowledge organisers for English language. Yes, and I love
1: your knowledge organisers. Yeah, we have them them for
2: every subject Mm. but for English, English language we actually have them which is quite unusual. As you said, there aren't many specific revision things for English language. We do have them and they focus on proofing, proofreading and they focus on the particular skills for transactional writing and particular skills for For reading so skimming scanning locating materials and all of those skills necessary for for the english language exams
1: indeed and we will pop a link in the show notes and and along as we post this on facebook as well so that people can find that Mm because they really are brilliant and yeah they they make a lot of sense and they just it's all the little bits and bobs that just all come together to make it Mm -hmm. nice and easy
2: yes
0: I mean, it, it comes back to the, obviously, if, if you're year 11, and you've got six weeks until the first exam, something, something like that, that. Um, there's not a huge amount you can do. I, I I mean, is it down to technique at this stage? You're, you've got to be aware of what's on the paper. Obviously, it's going to be a new, it's going to be a new question. You've never come across it before. But the actual, the setup of the paper is always the same, isn't it? It's the same questions. It's in the same order, whether it's the reading or the writing. And it's been aware of, how long you got for each section
1: and I guess it's what the examiner is looking for to some extent it's a bit like um you know when you take your driving test they're going to be looking to get you to tick off these particular skills regardless of what route they take you on so yeah
0: but for the year 10s listening or parents of year 10s Mm. listening it's about reading um what's the quote about or the uh, turning up to the gym having
1: uh turning up to uh um, a weightlifting competition without ever, having ever been to the gym yeah.
0: yes and that's yeah, yeah basically uh, the message being do some reading uh, constantly but well, not yeah. constantly make sure you're reading every week whether it's a book whether it's a newspaper article whether it's online or, or physical book uh, it does not matter but um, yeah a lot of students don't do that
1: yeah so any tips for parents who perhaps have a more reluctant reader we we have twins and one of them you couldn't you had to physically separate him from a book if you wanted to do anything. Um, but the other one just is not the least bit interested. And in. the only thing we could ever really get him to read was sports biographies. But it took ages to discover that that was a thing that he would do.
2: So any stealth tips? OK, big question. Um, they don't have to be reading books. Anything that they read is is able to teach them the skills of skimming, of scanning, of locating evidence, of of inferring attitudes from the reader. Um, So the thing to do with those students is, as you said, recognize what they are interested in and get them to practice those skills in a subtle way, not by uh, identifying assessment objectives and talking about English language specific terminology, but asking them, what's this writer trying to tell us about? Frank Lampard or whoever, Stephen Gerrard, whoever it happens to be, and how many different aspects of Frank's character can you work out from reading this particular passage and what evidence is there that Frank can motivate the players in the changing room at half-time and using whatever aspect of reading that they are interested in. And in fact, it doesn't just have to be reading. Everything they watch on TV or on social media channels they should be applying the same skills. Why has that producer of Love Island chosen to include that detail about that character? What particular aspect of Fred or Joe or Jamie are we supposed to like or dislike because that particular detail has been given to us as, as viewers and um, there's a lot to be you know that and have the, and the discussions around everything they're watching and it, yeah so not just particularly for for the writing sections of of English language. And again, all examples have very similar writing sections. As parents, you can do lots here because what children tend to do in their writing, I see this all the time in examiners, they're very general. For example, last year, we had a lovely question that asked them to write about things that meant the most to them. And a number of children chose music Music means loads to me. You can plug in your earphones. You can listen to music when you're doing your work. You can listen to music when you're running. Music, music makes you feel good. Music makes you feel bad. But, and I can honestly say this having marked hundreds of exam papers, not a single one of the students who wrote about music and uh, how meaningful it was to them gave me a specific example of a, a band, an artist, a track, a lyric, a genre even. So as parents, you can push them to be more specific. So tell me more about that. We had a lovely question a couple years ago, writing tattoos, you know, should we have tattoos? What are the positives or the negatives of, of tattoos? Well, lots of generic stuff don't have a tattoo. When you're 30 and wrinkled, you know, they'll look dreadful, don't do that. Uh, but but no real specific details about actual celebs who have tattoos, the good for the good or the bad that those tattoos might do. Just uh, the point I'm trying to make is, is Ha- the more specific they are in in what they write about, the more they bring it to life and make it feel authentic and real and give examples um, the better so as parents that's something we could be doing all of the time with just just discussions what what you know what did you see on that what was happening on that YouTube clip you were watching before? who was it? Oh, why did you do that what was you know the, the real detail that makes them move beyond the generic and makes them that uh, stand out and tell, so tell us something that fleshes things out. You know, watching Attenborough shows, if they're watching them, they should be writing about them. We have a lot, There's lots of uh, tasks in terms of writing and actually reading materials they'll find that are about the environment and, and the world today uh, and local newspapers, which they probably don't read, um, but that's something that, that you should be exposing them to uh, because lots of the things we ask them to write about are local issues your school in, in your particular, or your town, the local council's going to put a, uh, a car park on the local playground, write a letter saying what you think about it. Well, if they can refer to very real locations and the very real impacts that might have in your area, uh, you know, all, all the better. As soon as I see one that actually mentions a very specific place, I light up when I'm marking, because I think, oh, that, I didn't know that about Brighton. That's interesting that makes it make all make sense rather than just some kind of generic spiel about any s- shopping center anywhere in the country does that make sense uh, <laughs> yeah. absolutely
0: yeah. yeah we
2: might have moved away from the question there it was about revision wasn't oh, it yeah, okay no,
1: it's, it's, it's really useful because it i think it's easy to forget that you're you're actually you know the examiner is is a real person and and you know they want to listen to an interesting story if you're watching a tv show and it's just really blur you turn it off. You want the details. You want the the drama and the excitement and the, the intrigue. You want the bits that grab you. And so that's what you've got to start putting into your answers. That mm. I like that way of looking at it. And there are going to be a lot of students potentially listening to this going, seriously, I can revise by watching Love Island. Really? <laughs> and that's, yeah. I think that's you know, being the
2: conscious <clears> humour <throat> yeah. of Love Island and thinking, ah, mm. That's why I learned that about that character, and that's why that character is using that language. And you know, a conscience, a conscious listener. Uh, it it
0: is way. edited. Not trying to give too much away about the fact I occasionally <laughs> watch it when one of the boys watches it, but it's edited in a way to provoke a reaction from the audience. It's mm-hmm. very, very carefully and probably cleverly done, yes. uh, and and that's the detail. If that was the question in another universe, that's that's what you're looking for. It's the you know, why did they do this? What's the get behind the you know the the, the thoughts of the producer editor mm-hmm. however it works what are they trying to get the uh, the, uh, the viewer to to think
1: uh, And I guess that's a useful life skill as well in terms of identifying possible bias you know, why is someone telling me this particular story from this particular angle whether that's in the media or in in real life figuring so, out where someone else is coming from?
2: Yeah, and, and that's if we just step back a that's what English language is all about, isn't it? It's about being conscious users and, and receptors of, of English language. And exam technique will take you so far, but ultimately, certainly with our exam board, we want students to show I understand this and I understand why a writer is, is taking me this direction. And um, I didn't, I don't think I really addressed that idea of exam technique, but obviously, you know, timing. Is, is, you know, where students underperform, it's often because timing, they've got that wrong. And, you know, you would hope by this stage in year 11 <laughs> that they've had enough practice that they know, oh, this question, and, and this is our example specific, this question's worth 10 marks, I have 10 minutes mm. to write. And that's what's, that's quite nice about our example, that, that that's the way it works. 10 marks, 10 minutes, 10 marks, 10 minutes. So in terms of prep, you know, um, time management makes it quite easy easy to to handle um so you'd hope and and the other thing of course with the exam prep is the focus on the keywords in the question and uh, some one of the questions you asked me Paul was what what should they do how much time should they take before they put pen to paper and what they need to do is read that question each question twice highlight the keyword in the question that's the focus of the question um and then as they're preparing to write, they should be highlighting the quotations that they're going to use in support yeah. of their answers for the for the reading questions. That's really the exam, exam technique.
0: Yeah. So as they turn the paper over, <clears throat> do you suggest a full read? Well, yeah, uh, a skim through, it's not a read through, a skim through just to uh, they understand exactly where the last question is, where the first question is. I mean, they will be aware about what marks are allocated to each mm-hmm. question or each section generally, that never changes. So...
2: Well, for the majority of students, yes, I would suggest a quick read-through. But having said that, we have our particular paper set up so that students don't have to do that. If they've got particular problems with stamina, be that writing stamina or reading, uh, sorry, reading stamina or writing stamina, and they're likely to run out of time, the questions are staged so that actually they can deal with each question one at a time. So we have uh, its section, so it will say, read lines one to 10 and answer this question. The question was there. So actually, the first thing students should do, and this is what we call our our relaxation method at the start of the exam, is actually have a pen and ruler, pencil and ruler, and draw a line under the section of text that each question relates to, and then they can methodically work through. So even if they haven't, if they don't think they're going to have time to read the whole thing first that's fine as they can deal with each question in chunks. However, for the majority of students, I would suggest a quick read through and then approach it in that that way of breaking down the the reading sections.
0: I think by underlining the section so they know where they're going to, it probably demonstrates to the examiner, not that you get any more marks for it, that that's that's a good technique. They're showing a good uh, approach to how they're going to answer this particular question.
2: It shows that they're focused and it prevents them from being influenced from other parts of the text when they're being asked a question about one specific start of the text. It's important that they know where a text starts. And then as they move through the question, and this is you know how our questions work, is that they, they uh, enable students to show, they can see how a writer is developing an idea or an argument. If it's fiction, the writer will be developing a character They'll be showing a character either building, you know, a a trait that's been shown to us at the beginning of a text will be exaggerated or it'd be contrasted. Uh, If it's a nonfiction piece, that a point of view will be uh, developed generally and reach a crescendo where we, we are, the writer hopes we'll all agree with whatever point of view they've put across. So that's what the questions are designed to do. They're designed to lead students through the structure of the piece of writing and show how attitudes, develop and possibly change and then reach a conclusion mm-hmm. yeah so it's kind of almost
1: detective work there it's it's that it's like when you're trying to figure out who done it and you're watching a, a thing and you can't skip a few episodes ahead because you're gonna get confused so yeah I like the I like yeah. the the idea of chunking it just making it feel that little bit more manageable
0: mm-hmm. Um, go back to the imaginary question of Frank Lampard um so there's a, a section of text about him about a brilliant player not so good manager discuss all that kind of stuff sorry um do uh, is it best to plan your answer on the answer paper or do you do it on the spare piece of paper that's never going to see the light of the day
2: good question well with reading i don't think they have actually got time to plan Specifically, with reading, the planning part is the highlighting of the relevant quotations that you're going to use. So the planning is in will be in the the booklet that has the source text on. So you'll be reading through about Frank, and you'll highlight. Oh, Frank was a very resilient player. I'll highlight resilient like that. Tells us lots about Frank. Oh, Frank was an inventive player. I'm going to highlight that one. Um, I, so so that's where the planning comes in in terms of reading questions because. Short amount of time really to, to plod through those reading questions. So the planning has to be in, uh, be focused on locating the evidence you're going to use. When it comes to the writing sections, we have a little bit more time. So I'd suggest with the writing, they take five minutes to plan and to plan it on the answer booklet. It isn't actually marked, but it does demonstrate to the examiner that the student is, is thinking structurally but more importantly than that, it makes the student write structurally. Um, it's very off-putting as an examiner when you see something that one isn't paragraphed. <laughs> so that's, that's the first off-putting things. It's just a, you know, a text ball a, of text, yeah. Um, but that also means that the student probably hasn't thought, oh, I'm going to consciously structure it in this way to build it up and develop my argument in this way. Uh, so planning is really important in the uh, writing sections. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh,
0: no, I was just going to say one very quick. Yeah, the the right. paragraph thing is a massive bugbearer. And as a, I'm not an examiner, I'm not a, a mark, but as a teacher, where I'm marking a long answer essay, I love paragraphs because you can see keywords in paragraphs, so you can see where they're going. I, I haven't got time. As a teacher, I'm sure examiners are different to read every single word. But I'm looking for those keywords in the paragraph that I can then understand what so it is, yeah. That massive block of text is a huge no-no.
2: Sorry. Yeah, the, the opening of a paragraph should should have a topic sentence. It should signal the direction that that paragraph is going to take you. So for something like English, if you've got you know writing about zoos and what you think of zoos, then each paragraph should should signal straight away in that opening sentence this paragraph is going to be about you know habitats and how they're you know adapted for a particular animal uh, and that should be clear in that opening sentence so if they don't have that plan they don't have that topic sentence it's a clear signal to the examiner that perhaps they haven't thought it through logically and have that clear structure in mind you mentioned book birds want me to talk about my worst one at the moment yes. this is a growing growing epidemic. Um, And it's the uh, lack of capital letters on, yeah, um, yeah, not only for I, the pronoun I, which is often, you know, lowercase, dotty I, sometimes with a little heart over the top, but more often than not, just just a dotty I. And also students who are failing to use capital letters for their own name, their friends' names, place names, um, titles of films and books it's uh yeah it's a, it's a huge issue uh, and one that uh certainly as parents we can look out for that uh, and uh yeah
0: and how much to blame do you think social media is for that just for sending messages text messages they, dms
1: whatever nobody automatic nobody deliberately when you're sending a text capitalizes the i in in the word i because it does it for you automatically so you just type
2: away and you just put i blah 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 and it does it for you is that yeah it's massively to blame massively to blame and also it fashion i you know i don't know if you noticed in the world cup last year the england shirts that they the um they were in uppercase actually apart from the letter i which was lowercase um there's yeah it was it was just ridiculous but also i went past a restaurant today local to me bridge 63 or something lowercase no capital letter b what what so so, it's a a big deal it it does cause a problem sometimes if they're writing a review which they did recently if you as an examiner don't recognize the title of the film or the tv show or the book they're writing about Mm -hmm. and it's lowercase you you read it as part of the the the, the prose and you don't recognize it as as such so Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. <laughs> it, some
0: some red got... flags right there. If an examiner says that, Indeed. anyone listening, please. <laughs> yes.
2: you have the letters. Yeah, S- stop it, please, stop it. It's a big, it's a big deal. That's that's my biggest uh, biggest bug d- bugger. And my next one, uh, silly implausible statistics when they put those in the writing, like ninety seven percent of the world's oceans are covered with rubbish. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I knew
0: some it
2: was the rubbish. I knew it was a problem, or but not a lot of emotion. <laughs> some students have a checklist of techniques that they need to put into writing rhetorical devices, perhaps, and one of them is statistics. That and, and some kids will you can see they've they've got the little acronym at the side of the exam paper, De Forest, and they take off each one that they've used, and statistic is one of them, and and they put in old statistic. Common sense goes out the window. It can be anything. You know, two out of three people have died in car accidents. Well. How many, sorry? Two out of three. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. These are all real statistics that I've read in student exam responses. And they're not convincing. Yeah. No, no, I I can imagine they're not. But I
0: I think that (laughs) feeds back into your um it's it's not about reading. Uh, novels and stuff. It's about just knowing general knowledge. It's about knowing the news. About knowing, mm. yeah. You know, with car accidents, most of them aren't serious, and mm. you know, it's just a, a bit of bent metal, for and example.
1: Promises an ex maths teacher that we spend quite a lot of time on percentages and and out ofs and but things, they, fractions. I'm sure yeah. they
0: yeah they've they represented it properly. They just don't know what they're talking about, and they thought I've got to put it in, so I will.
2: Yeah. The kind of, the content goes out the window and they think, oh, exam, exam, I've got to press the examiner. If I put a statistic in, that's going to sound good. That sounds like real writers do. Well, they do, but real writers use real statistics. They don't just pluck something out and say, 97% of the ocean is covered in rubbish. Um, so yeah, be a, bit, a yeah. bit more common. And actually the better thing to do there is not to use made up statistics, but use real examples. You know, when I was walking down my high street last week, I had to pick up five, five or six bottles from the side of the road, put them in the bin because of it. You know, just use yeah. things that are more kind of real to your own experience rather than plucking mm. these things. So that's like
0: statistics, that. the five or six bottles in one 10-minute journey is a statistic.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it, it just feels more, more real than, yeah. yeah than just don't easy.
0: say 536 bottles in three <laughs> minutes as I walk along the road because that might be a lie.
1: <laughs> it's a little unrealistic and um, so I have um a question that I, I mean we we get asked quite a lot and I don't know whether there is necessarily a right answer um but it came you were talking about the the wall of text and I was thinking about all the times I've seen students write in basically a flow of consciousness you know, as if they were just not quite even as if they were talking because they don't necessarily full stop when they would pause at an appropriate moment. There's no paragraphs there. It's just like brain vomit for want of a better phrase. And I was thinking that's something that I think often happens more with students who are perhaps dyslexic and haven't, don't feel capable of planning out their answers in the same way. They're just trying to write as they would speak which sometimes works. But even as I'm doing this, this isn't this isn't proper full sentences. I'm kind of stopping and pausing and restarting things. And it wouldn't work as a, as a proper answer on an English paper. So any tips for students who are perhaps dyslexic or struggling some other way with getting those thoughts down on paper, feeling like they can organize them and you know wrangle the words?
2: Yeah, really good question. Um, We like voice, we like an authentic narrative voice, but you're right, when a voice spills into a completely unstructured rant, unless you're James Joyce or Virginia Woolf, you probably can't get away with it in a GCSE Exxon paper. So the best advice is to keep it simple for those students. Don't overcomplicate things. In terms of the actual content of what you write about, keeping it simple. You know, I came home, couldn't find my shoes, found my shoes. You know, we keep it simple. Like something happens, something is resolved in terms of a narrative, for example, or a nice, clear line of argument. And then keep it simple in terms of construction. Use more full stops than you do any other punctuation device. There are a large number of students who struggle with basic punctuation. And by that, I mean the difference between a comma and a full stop. There are students who comma everywhere. The comma splice, we call it. You know, there's commas all over the place. They don't know the difference, and again, that all comes back to reading, doesn't it? And not hearing. Um, so, I've had uh, I went to a school fairly recently where they had a number of students like this, and they've completely banned the comma. Of certain groups, they're not allowed to use commas until they've mastered the full stop. Now, obviously, we you would hope at GCSE level students would be able to use full stops, but but many of them can't use them accurately. So I think keep it simple and if if in doubt, use a full stop rather than a comma. Um for for those students who really struggle to to express things and go for more rather than less. If you have a paragraph, you look over your paragraph and there's no full stop until the end of it, you're probably Running over in terms of your sentences, and you're probably causing your reader a few problems in understanding what you're talking about.
1: So I guess if you're you're almost writing down your inner voice, imagine that you're explaining whatever it is you're explaining to your nan or your baby brother or someone who you would really simplify things for, because that that helps you to keep it really simple, keep it really short easy sentences making sure I'm clear rather than the ramble or the rant you would do to your mum or your best mate or whatever about the drama that happened at school today because that could go on for a while can you tell we have a daughter yes (laughs) Um, yeah so just uh, I think that's nice easy kind of advice to follow just keep it nice and simple and, and voice is okay just
2: Voice Voice is great. and actually for for students hoping to elevate their writing, that sense of narrative voice and having a really engaging sense of self, or if they're not comfortable with self, they can become a persona. Um, that also works, particularly for really good writers. Um, either of anything that creates that narrative voice, um, both in terms of fiction writing and non-fiction writing, that's something to elevate writing at the top end, um, certainly.
0: My um, I think well lots of nuggets in there thank you very very much is there anything that we haven't mentioned that's a, a real yeah, quick win or
1: or just something <laughs> particularly important if there are any more bugbears that are worth mentioning to teenagers ahead of exam season it's always good
2: well keep things plausible particularly in terms of narratives no scary forests abandoned cottages those things they, they haven't got you know they go wrong then they're, they're not good stories uh in you know you've got 40 minutes or so to write these narratives they're never good avoid <laughs> avoid, oh, avoid just keep it real keep it real keep it the word i would use is plausible they can't be imaginative but the world of the imaginative scenario has to feel plausible so that, that's that's one thing in terms of the reading keep it focused if we're asking about if if, if we've asked a question about how frank motivates then focus on how frank motivates and not how frank does anything else in his life and really keep it in terms of the reading really really focus on those key words in the question and getting to the heart of the meaning vocabulary is one i haven't touched on sorry <laughs> um you can be doing again this is one to do as a parent if they're and i'm certainly um guilty of overusing particular words and not stretching my own vocabulary stretch the vocabulary when you're having these discussions about social media and so on try to to get them to branch out and uh be a bit more concise and precise with getting to the heart of vocabulary just saying something's positive or negative it's too vague get to the heart of what makes something positive negative why frank is motivated you know what aspect of frank i don't know you know Frank. I'm not a Frank Lampard fan. He's in the news.
0: That's the only reason I think he's come Is up. He today. Really? So, yeah,
2: I'm a Liverpool supporter. Frank's never really been on my radar. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. I yeah. should have said so, Stephen
0: so. Gerrard. I'm sorry.
2: We should have done. Alan Hansen, he's my man. But oh, there we
0: go.
2: <laughs> Throw it back. But yeah, keep it focused um, and uh, really kind of track through that text and tell the examiner that you understand why the writer has done what they've done to make you feel a particular way
1: fabulous Fantastic. yeah good good yeah. place to finish I Any think other? so this that's there's so much good stuff yeah. in there and some real reassurance I think for both parents and students that whilst you know you it, it's not a subject where it's here memorize all of this content and cram all of that in your brain alongside all the other subjects that you're revising it's it's a skills thing and it's communication which is, you know we've all heard the argument from students "When well, am i ever going to use this again well with english language that's a very very obvious um always mm. so yeah there's, there's building those skills is something that's that's only ever going to benefit you and and there have been lots of ways we've we've talked about that that students can do that so yeah i think that's that's going to help out a lot of parents and a lot of students thank you so Thanks so, so much.
2: much okay lovely to talk to you
0: Thanks for listening to the Parent Guide to Education podcast. Please favourite or follow us on your preferred podcast app to ensure you get notified as each episode is released. We'd also be grateful if you could leave us a great review or rating. See you on the next episode.